bruh, bruh, underdog <clears throat> currently has Alvin Kamara listed at 23 and a half receiving yards for tonight's game against the Miami Dolphins. The Saints are without every offensive weapon humanly imaginable, except for this man, Alvin Kamara, who is averaging 38 and a half receiving yards per game. I don't know if y'all have ever seen Ian Book play, but I'm sorry if you have. That's the only way I could put it. They will never trust this man to throw the ball downfield. This will be a screen fest. Okay? It's going to be screen after screen after dump off after dump off to Mr. Alvin Kamara. Over 23 and a half receiving yards tonight against Miami is the lock of the McGainum. Okay? So go to underdogfantasy.com. The link to download the app will be the first thing in the description down below. You click it. It'll take you to App Store, Google, iOS, whatever. And when you deposit $10 for the first time, they're going to double whatever you put down. Okay? So you're going to have $10 put on this, $20 put on this, whatever the fuck you want. All right? 23 and a half receiving yards over for Mr. Alvin Kamara. Shout out to me. Anyone who used the uh, Josh Allen boost this weekend. Underdog ran a... Uh, a little contest where if you included Josh Allen in your five-person pick'em, you were uh, 50xing your card, 50xing your results. You can only throw up to ten bucks, so the outcome was always five hundred dollars. But you know we ran rampant on that bitch. So shout out to me, shout out to y'all for joining me today. Hopefully y'all don't hear the AC bumping in the background. How art thou? How art thou, Cali Dog? Shout out to you. Go Fade Me Championship. It's all but yours. Congrats, Scott. Shout out to everybody heading to the chip. Wish I could say I'll meet you there. Let's uh, let's recap the games. We're going to go game by game. Week 16, everything y'all need to know for fantasy. Some early look at the waiver wire for week 17. Let me move this camera. Let me throw my socials up on the screen. Make sure y'all are following me everywhere. Everywhere that's humanly possible to follow me. Instagram, Twitter, at Nick Ercolano. Let's light up some Palo Santo. Let's get the motherfucking vibes going. It's a good Monday morning. I'm feeling pretty good today. I slept last night. According to my aura ring, I hit about 38 minutes of REM sleep, which is a new career high. I'm going to start... Um, I'm gonna start talking about things in like, in like football numbers, like career high, season high, like my 38 minutes of REM sleep, career high. Palo Santo, there's literally no ashes or embers in here. That's a that's a that's a career low light right there. We're gonna have to run that bike. Just bear with me for a minute, people. Just hang out, just relax, tuck your fucking shirts in, do what you gotta do. It's tough because it goes up in flames, but it doesn't actually make the embers light up, you know, because the entire top of the stick is already black. So it's just like lit on fire, but it doesn't actually do anything. But if you overlight it, then there's going to be too much smoke coming in. You know, I've set the smoke alarm off in my room from lighting these bad boys up. It actually looks kind of cool with underdog in the bike round. Oh, there we got it. See, that's way too much smoke. Now I'm fucked. Whatever. Let's do that. It's got a little candle action. My favorite gifts on Christmas. 
have been candles for the last four years. That's how you know you're getting old as shit. You know how outside you know how I know I'm getting fucking old? I uh I go over to my cousin's house for Christmas Eve every year. I haven't done it in like two years because of COVID. I noticed they had a kitchen renovation. Like they redid their whole kitchen. It looked really good. So I told my aunt and uncle, I was like, the kitchen renovation looks, you know, super good. And I stopped and I thought and I was like, holy shit, Nick, you are officially aged out of the youth. You are no longer allowed to have fun. You're no longer allowed to pretend you're a child. You just fucking complimented someone on a kitchen renovation. All bets are off. So I grew up really quickly over the last like two weeks. How we doing, everybody? We're five minutes in and I've said nothing of fucking value. All right. So let's jump into the games, starting with, I believe it was Thursday night's game, which was, which was, which was. Nope, that ain't it. Yep. Let's get it. Let's get it. Which was the 49ers and the Titans on Thursday night. Jimmy G continues to not be able to get it done. Can't we just call this year a fucking year and get it over with and move on to Trey Lance next year? Good Lord. Debo blasts off. Ayuk gets in the end zone. Disappointing day from George Kittle, unfortunately. Uh, Jeff Wilson goes back to... Uh, being the primary ball carrier again, 14 for 45 and a touchdown also catches three passes for 12 yards. So that was kind of an obvious call with Elijah Mitchell out. He was someone that you should have had into your lineups. Um, now San Francisco, let me pull up the schedule grid. NFL schedule grid. NFL schedule grizzly. San Fran plays against the Houston Texans in week 17, that is going to be a good game script. They are 15-point favorites. So not only is San Fran my favorite streamer for next week that's available defensively, but if Elijah Mitchell misses next week again, Jeff Wilson's going to be a high-end RB2. Debo Samuel is just going to absolutely go nuts. A.J. Brown, you obviously want to have in your lineups because this man came bike and came bike to take fucking names. And ooh, what do we got here? Um by the way, if y'all don't know, we have a podcast too. Like we do everything we do in podcast form. Uh, if you go into iTunes or the podcast or whatever, it's BDGE Fantasy Football. Okay, so everything we do is also an audio version. If you're listening to this via podcast, a uh, rating and review would be absolutely scrumptious. Okay, because I, I as a uh, as a content creator, it's kind of funny because I don't watch YouTube. Like I don't watch fantasy stuff YouTube wise. I only listen to podcasts. Um, which is obviously ironic, but that's just the way I digest things. So some of y'all might be like, fuck, you know, I'm so sick of looking at Nick's bullshit face. I want to listen to him now. I do have a good voice. I'll, I'll I'll say that. I'll give myself a little bit of credit. Not that I had fucking anything to do with how my voice came out, but uh, AJ Brown, obviously you are starting him next week. Uh, 11 catches, 145 yards and a touchdown. I can't wait to see this man next year with a fresh slate, not off of two fucking grandpa knee replacement surgeries. And uh, the backfield, ugly, man. Deonta Foreman was – he was someone that we were kind of shying away from this week. Nine for 17 on the ground. Does fucking rumble into the end zone. But other than that, the backfield was super, super ugly. They play against the Philadelphia Eagles next week. Eagles aren't a tough matchup in terms of uh, run defense or the middle of the pack. So I would go back to Foreman. I still think he's the guy to own this backfield. Let's not forget, like, the last you know month of the season, he's been getting 20-plus touches uh, per game. So obviously you have to – kind of pull back a little bit on, on Foreman given this game, but San Francisco 49ers run defense is pretty freaking good. So uh, Foreman, I'll go back to next week as like a, as you know, a low end RB two. 
Browns and Packers. Baker was so, so bad in this one. Nick Chubb was so, so good in this one. Uh, any takeaways from this game? Not really. Nothing I can tell you that you didn't already know. We kind of already weren't starting any uh, Cleveland Browns players. I will say, though, Cleveland plays against Pittsburgh next week, and Pittsburgh's been improving their defense. I just X'd out of the game by accident. Um, Pittsburgh's been improving their defense because where the fuck did you go? There we go. Pittsburgh's been getting a little bit better on defense than they have to because their offense is getting fucking terrible. Um, I will say, I think you could probably play Jarvis Landry if you're if you're a little bit desperate in PPR leagues because he did lead the team in targets with seven of them, four for 55. It wasn't a great game, but he's put together a good string of games prior to this one where I think you can start to trust him a little bit. And uh, had Baker Mayfield not thrown like 42 interceptions in this game, the drives would have been a little bit longer, would have been more opportunity for a guy like Jarvis Landry. So I wouldn't shy completely away from him. Other than that, you're just starting Nick Chubb, and that is it. On the Packers side of things, Aaron Rodgers continues his MVP push. Devontae Adams, thug. Alan Lazard, I guess he is the number two here with MBS out again. Uh, Lazard's probably a guy that I'm looking to – acquire on the waiver wire this week now we just put up our exclusive uh waiver wire article for the week if you are not already a member on the big dog sites you're going to uh go fucking do that because you should show some respect we have our dynasty rankings up there so if you play dynasty uh they will be updated all off season so if you're a member going to big dogs members you're gonna go over the waiver wire see recent article and we put together a chart each Monday I do this where we rank all of our favorite waiver wire pickups, you know, their priority, their positional rank, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I put Alan Lazard as a wide receiver three on the week behind KJ Osborne and Kadarius Tony. I think he's been less consistent than guys like KJ Osborne, uh, but he's definitely worth adding. Uh, they play Minnesota next week, so that's definitely a beatable matchup. And I'd expect Aaron Rodgers to do his thing as per usual. I mean, the backfield is getting ugly, man. I think you just think of Aaron Jones as like a, top 15 to 18 guy now is as opposed to like a low end RB one AJ Dillon continues to kind of rattle off the exact same box score week in and week out like 10 for 45 every once in a while he'll rumble into the end zone but that's you know that's what you get a coin flip on the end zone same thing with Aaron Jones good to see him continue to be involved in the passing game though six targets in this one uh, but yeah I mean the production is completely split in that backfield so not super excited about either of them but both of them are definitely playable Colts versus the Cardinals so this was a Saturday game uh Wentz looked good Jonathan Taylor looked okay he rumbled off that 43 yard run to start the game and then didn't do much after that Michael Pittman looked so 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 good I uh I'm really intrigued to see what they do in this wide receiver group next offseason because they have nothing there right like T.Y. Hilton is just a shell uh I mean they, they're trotting out guys Ashton Doolin Desmond Patman like they are really 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 embarrassingly uh shallow at wide receiver I wonder if they use an early round pick on a guy or they hit the free agent wire. If not, dude, Michael Pittman should be considered uh, a really, really solid, like early to middle round pick. I'm thinking like end of the third, early fourth for redraft next year. He's just, he's a lot of fun to watch, man. He just makes those crazy, crazy contested catches. And uh, he kind of reminds me a little, I mean, this is probably an, uh, a ridiculous kind of comparison, but he, he reminds me a little bit of in his play style of like Des Bryant, you know, where he's not necessarily like the fastest guy on the field and he's just a bully and he, and he makes every fucking catch. And I feel like this team's going to be run heavy for a long time going forward, but 
on games where Carson Wentz goes off, Michael Pittman is going to go off too. So uh, you start Pittman going forward. You start Jonathan Taylor going forward. You know, no breaking fucking news here. On the Arizona side of things, man, it continues to look ugly for them. I'm not really sure what's going on here other than, like, teams are forcing Kyler Murray to move outside of the pocket or stay in the pocket and pass the ball, excuse me, and it's not good. 5.7 yards per attempt in this one, just one touchdown. Does that 74 yards on the ground, which is the case most weeks. Uh, James Conner missed this one. Chase Edmonds filled in beautifully. 16 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Eight receptions, 71 yards. Leads the team in uh, receiving yards. Ty Zacherts for receptions. Uh, with Chase Edmonds, uh, James Conner, I'm assuming James Conner is going to play next week. If that's the case, I expect them to split the backfield. I think that James Conner probably still has like the 55 or 60% touch splits over Chase Edmonds. They play Dallas next week, and Dallas is obviously a fire fucking defense right now. So James Conner would be like a mid to low RB2 for me. Chase Edmonds probably a flex play. At that point, I don't think they just like give Chase Edmonds his roll back to what he had in the beginning of the year. I still think they trust James Conner to be the guy, but they had no other option at this point, so they gave it all to Chase Edmonds. Uh, Zach Ertz, who continue to fire up every week. Christian Kirk, nine targets, but doesn't really get it done unless you're in a PPR league, seven catch, 48 yards. You can't trust anybody else really in this offense at the receiving side of things. Lions and Falcons. Well, we had Tim Boyle start, and I was really excited about getting Craig Reynolds into my lineup, but Jamal Williams ended up being the guy in the backfield. And I, it's funny because I tweeted out, and I started Craig Reynolds over Melvin Gordon in one of my semifinals, and – uh you know, I tweeted out, I was like, I'm starting Craig Reynolds over Melvin Gordon because I just don't give a fuck about anything anymore, man. And it, it, I watched the first, you know, the one o'clock games. Craig Reynolds goes 11 for 29, catches three passes for 22 yards. It's like fucking, I don't know, seven points or something, six points. And I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to look like a fucking moron. Melvin Gordon ends up getting like negative 0.2 points. So made the right decision. Didn't matter whatsoever. But, but send sh- fucking comment congratulations to me. I'm a, I'm a goat. Jamal Williams, 19 for 77 on the ground. So he takes control of that backfield. Swift seemed like he was close to play, and then all of a sudden just not close to playing. So next week they play at Seattle, which is obviously a great matchup for any offense. Uh, I think you could use Jamal Williams as like, uh, I don't know, dude. Like It's not inspiring because he did not take any pass catching work. He didn't get a single target in this game. That was Craig Reynolds. And who knows what's really going to happen on the goal line. You know, 19 carries is nice, but not when – you're on the fucking Detroit Lions. So I think you could probably uh, roll him out there as a flex play, but I, I really, really would rather not. If I had to go off the top of my head, it'll probably be like around RB 33 to 35, which you better have fucking better options than that if you're in the championship. Amon Ross St. Brown continues his fucking trek to be one of the more productive rookies on the season. 11 targets, 9 for 91, and a touchdown. I uh, was not on board with him this week, given Tim Boyle was starting, but – when he throws for 187 yards, Amon Ross St. Brown had 91 of them. So Amon Ross is basically becoming what most people thought he would be in the offseason, and that was like Tyler Boyd, right? I look at Amon Ra as someone very similar to Tyler Boyd, who's like a very good receiver in his own right. He can be the number one in an offense if he is the only option to be the number one. I personally am not sure that he should be the number one there, right? Like if a more talented wide receiver comes in there's no way that he beats that guy out as the number one wide receiver in my humble ass opinion uh but for now he is the only option here and uh you continue he's a must start basically every single week on the other side of things atlanta really does not have any must starts at this point 
not even Cordell Patterson, man. I continue to rank him in like a top in the top twelve for fantasy running backs, but like I don't know how I can continue doing that. I don't know why I'm still doing that. Two targets in this one, one catch, negative one yards. He does get in the end zone, but seven carries, fourteen yards. It seems like he he has just slowed down tremendously. I don't know if it's him not used to getting his big workload or Arthur Smith just continuing to split the snaps here and the carries and the touches, but it's not good. It's not good. And Correll Patterson is someone that like I genuinely think you can have in sit start questions now. You know, he was a must start for the first two months of the season. But from what we've seen over the last four weeks, it's not pretty, man. Kyle Pitts did have a pretty game, though. Six for 102 on six targets. So he made a few big plays. Uh, I think he'll probably be a top 10 tight end in my rankings this upcoming week. He plays at Buffalo, so not a great matchup. But um, at this point, you know, you do what you can at the tight end position. Russell Gage had a down game after kind of blowing up for more weeks than not over the last two months of the season. Five targets, four catches, 39 yards. Again, they play at Buffalo, but they don't have like Tredavious White or anything like that, so they're not that scary of a defense anymore. I think you can go back to Russell Gage. You know, Don't let one shitty game kind of scare you away from a, a bigger sample size that we saw prior to this game. So he's like a wide receiver three flex play. ravens Bengals, man, this was fucking nuts. This was fucking nuts. Uh, Josh Johnson in at quarterback because Huntley and Lamar Jackson were both out. Nothing that you could do at the running back position. Devonta Freeman, six carries, 17 yards and a touchdown. Davis Murray had five uh, five carries. Freeman saw two targets. Latavius Murray saw one. They're a split committee there, and you don't really want a part of any of those players. Mark Andrews continues to dominate. Ten targets, eight catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, so he's making a real case to be the tight end one overall next year. He really, really, really is. And – uh He's been so fucking good. So Marquise Brown, five for 44. Rashad Bateman, four for 26. Does get in the end zone, but I don't know how you can start any of these guys confidently. You're obviously starting Mark Andrews. I would not start a running back. Even if Lamar Jackson is back, like Marquise Brown, I think he's startable as like a low-end flex play. But, I mean, he has done nothing over the last month of the season, and uh, it's not good. It's not good for the program. Cincy, I mean, where do we start? Holy fuck. Just huge games all around. I literally, I tweeted this out yesterday too. I, I, so I told someone to sit T. It was honestly, well, the guy sent me on Discord. He sent me four running backs, and I believe the running backs were, let me pull it up on my phone. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Sent me four running backs. He said uh, Justin Jackson, Javonta Williams, Ronald Jones, and Corderell Patterson. Okay, so you're looking at like top 15 running backs, four top 15 running backs at worst. He said pick three. And I said, I love Justin Jackson. He's in your lineup. I like Corderell as well. The easy answer for three for me is Rojo, but that Panthers defense is, is very good. Uh, I said, yeah, it's a good problem to have, but I think I'd go ahead and sit Javonta Williams. And he goes, wait, would you bench Higgins at the flex to fit him in? And my dumbass said, I think Javante has a little bit more upside, in my opinion. Um, yeah, super close, but if you can get all four of those running backs in, I probably would. I probably would. So I told him to sit T. Higgins. If you look at how that conversation went, and uh, I think I'm probably going to hell because of it. I think I deserve to go to hell. What do you guys think? You think I should be going to fucking straight to hell for that? Um, the guy ended up winning his matchup, though. So that's good times, right? Joe Burrow, 525 passing yards, four touchdowns. Tyler Boyd dropped the touchdown at the end, which he could have had even bigger yardage total and touchdown totals. And Joe Mixon goes fucking bonkers, 18 for 65 and a touchdown. Six catches, 70 yards, and another touchdown. T. Higgins, 12 for 194, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 7 for 125. Tyler Boyd, 3 for 85 and a touchdown. Like, everyone you needed to blow up for Cincinnati blew the fuck up. And this should come as no surprise, given the Baltimore Ravens literally don't have any D-backs to play. Like, they're, they're, they have the third-string quarterback, which means they're not going to have any time of possession. They have no defensive backs that are healthy, which means, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins that are crispy route runners are going to run a fucking muck in the secondary. Um, so this was just a beautiful thing, man. I wonder how many teams had, like, the Burrow-Higgins-Chase stack because that is just orgasmic there. Um, they play against the Kansas City Chiefs next week. That's going to be a good fucking game. The Chiefs' defense has been legit. Okay, um, they're at home, so I think you start all your studs in that one again. Burrow, Mixon, Higgins, Chase. Boyd is going to be on that borderline for me. I probably am not going to end up starting Boyd in most leagues because he's been the least consistent out of all the wide receivers, and I believe the Chiefs cornerback, this might be completely erroneous and completely inaccurate, the Chiefs slot cornerback, Sneed, is very good. I'll have to check the PFF grades in the matchup if he is even the slot cornerback for that. But I believe Boyd will probably have the worst matchup of the Chiefs wide receivers or the Bengals wide receivers. Rams, Vikings, Stafford, three more interceptions. But Sony Michelle goes nuclear. Uh, he monopolized all the touches up until Darrell Henderson got one touch, one carry for 17 yards. It was a really nice run, but he gets hurt, sprains his knee. I believe he's out for two more weeks for fantasy purposes. He is out for the rest of the season. So Sonny Michelle is being fired up as a high and I mean, I'm not even going to say high in RB2. He's straight up in RB1. But they do play 
Uh, they're at Baltimore next week. So we just saw Joe Mixon and, and the running backs kind of go nuts. But Joe Mixon wasn't really that efficient <clears throat> on the ground. He just he, he got into the end zone, so it looked a lot better, and he caught a lot of passes. But Sonny Michelle purposes, I can see him being inefficient against the Baltimore Ravens run defense. But you're still firing him up because he's going to get you know 25 opportunities. Cooper Cup continues to be the greatest receiver of all time. Uh, no one else really did anything. Odell Beckham just continues to have a nose for the end zone, though, and continues to be like the second most targeted guy on the team. So uh, I think you're starting Odell next week. I think Van Jefferson's desperate because, you know, we're not seeing a lot of consistency out of him. They do take deep shots his way, so there's like a 50-50 chance you get a big play. But Od- Odell's been consistent. They're playing against the Ravens' secondary. So I could I could see Odell having a really big game next week. Kirk Cousins didn't do shit until like the end of the game when they were throwing the ball a ton. Uh, Alexander Madison did get in the end zone, so he kind of buoyed his fantasy day. Only 13 for 41 on the ground, 3 for 29 through the air with Dalvin Cook out. I don't believe we know if Dalvin Cook's going to play next week. The good thing if you're a Cook-Madison owner is like you know what to do. You know, if Cook is active, you're playing You're playing Cook. If he's not active, you're playing Madison. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 8 for 116, business as usual. Adam Thielen re-injures that ankle, and uh, he like tried to come back in the second half, clearly didn't have it in him, so... Going forward, KJ Osborne has been super consistent with Adam Thielen out, 5 for 68, and does catch a touchdown in this one. He is one of my favorite waiver wire pickups for the week. He has scored three touchdowns over the last four games, and whenever Adam Thielen's out, uh, KJ Osborne just seems to get it done. They are playing a really tough matchup at Green Bay in Lambeau next week, so that might be uh, a tough draw, but you can guarantee that they're going to be throwing everything that they have at Justin Jefferson, which might leave KJ Osborne open. Bills, Patriots, Josh Allen, shout out to you for going over 279 total yards. My guy, uh, biggest takeaways here on the Buffalo side of things. We've got a few things. Uh, Devin Singletary has clearly taken over as like the the RB1 in Buffalo, man. So it's kind of a, a sexy little spot we have here. They're playing at Atlanta. I mean, they're playing home against Atlanta. So this should be, I mean, I don't. I haven't looked at the spread, but I'm assuming Buffalo is probably going to be between like 13 and 14 point favorites. Let me see if they got the spread up anywhere yet. Yep, 14 points, 14-point favorite. Two touchdown favorites against Atlanta next week at home, which means Devin Singletary is going to have a monster workload. He's getting super involved in the passing game, and I think a lot of that has to do with you know Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis being out. If they're out again, then uh, you could you know be pretty confident that Singletary is going to see another five to six targets. Isaiah McKenzie was the other like big takeaway here. He played 90% of his routes in the slots, 12 targets, 11 catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Dawson Knox did have a touchdown called back, but he did uh, end up getting into the end zone. Stephon Diggs, we're just not seeing the ceiling games out of him, but he's super consistent, 7 for 85 and a touchdown. You're not fucking complaining about 20 PPR points. Uh, But Isaiah McKenzie is intriguing if Davis and Cole Beasley are out. Uh, So, you know, Allen has shown a propensity to just throw over the middle of the field, right? Whether it's Dawson Knox, Cole Beasley, now Isaiah McKenzie. uh, McKenzie. So I think you could probably play McKenzie if those other two are inactive again. If they're active, you're obviously not playing him. He's someone that I have lower down the waiver wire ranking list because we're just unsure how that situation plays out with the injuries. was hoping Emmanuel Sanders kind of came back and had had a little bit of a bounce back, but he didn't, so he's completely off your radar in terms of fantasy. New England, Damian Harris goes fucking nutty, 18 for 103 on the ground, three touchdowns. Doesn't get a single target, but, I mean, Jesus Christ, this man is good on the ground. Uh, New England gets to play against the Jags next week at 15 and a half points favorites. Holy shit. 
So, you know, if Ramondre's out again, Damian Harris is probably going to be an RB1. If Ramondre comes back, it's still very much Damian Harris's backfield. But I think both of them might be playable because they're 16 fucking point favorites in that one. So um, Damian Harris is going to be a top 15 play next week. Ramondre Stevenson could be a top 30 play, I think. Uh, Brandon Bolden barely mixed in whatsoever. Jacoby Myers continues to be like the most boring fucking PPR playable player in the world. And that's really it from New England. Jaguars versus Jets. Holy shit. It was like the battle of teams that just don't give a fuck about anything here. Uh, takeaways. Oh, man, dude. Absolutely tragic for James Robinson. Tears his Achilles. Um, this is like one of the one of the sadder injuries that have happened in the NFL in a long time. Just given what James Robinson's been able to accomplish as an undrafted free agent and uh, and like what he's gone through the last two years to get to his spot and like claim that spot. And now the the Achilles is one of the most deadly, you know, injuries for NFL players. And you don't have a long leash when you're an undrafted free agent. So, you know, if you're a Travis Etienne dynasty guy and you got some shares of him, you're pretty fucking happy. Y'all are going to pretend you're not happy because you're like, we don't room for injuries, but fuck you. If you had Travis Etienne, you drafted him this year, you're fucking happy because that means James Robinson's coming back probably late September, October, if all things go perfectly according to plan, who knows if he'll, he might go down that like Deonta Foreman trajectory, Isaiah Crowell. Like you never know what's going to happen after a torn Achilles, man. And it sucks because he was such a good, such an easy player to root for. Uh, but that does open the door for a guy like Travis Etienne to become the guy. But for this upcoming week, Dare, Ungabawale, 17 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Carlos Hyde is on the IR. He was just placed on the IR like a week ago. So he is out, uh, which means it'll be Dare's backfield. And, Dari was a pass-catching specialist in Tampa Bay, which means he will not be game-scripted out of their Week 17 matchup against New England as 16-point underdogs. So he should get a lot of targets. He should get a lot of work in the backfield. Uh, He's not going to get 17 carries, and who knows if he'll get a goal-line carry, but he should catch like five passes in that one at least. So he's, you know, he's someone to pick up, of course, because the workload, but it's a really tough matchup on the road. Um, not going to be good environment for him, but I, I could see him having a nice floor in PPR leagues. It's really the only takeaway from the Jacksonville side of things. New York, Zach Wilson doing his best Josh Allen impression. That was such a such a fucking jiggy run he had. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguar defensive players just wanted no fucking business here. Um, just, just letting Zach Wilson run amok. It's ridiculous. Michael Carter, though, this was the big takeaway for me. Michael Carter, 16 carries, 118 yards, 7.4 yards per carry, three targets, catches two of them for six yards, so not much there, but Zach Wilson only threw for 102 yards. Michael Carter is looking like, you know, one of the better rookie picks and someone that's going to contribute for a long time in this Jets backfield. Uh, you got to be really, really psyched up about him if you are someone that drafted him in Dynasty. For next week, the Jets play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <clears throat> so that's obviously a really tough matchup for running backs and Tevin Coleman still had 14 carries for 57 yards also saw a target so it's still a split committee but Michael Carter is clearly the best the best one in the backfield he is clearly the one who's going to get more work out of the two um so I think against Tampa next week you could look at him as like a low-end RB2 high-end RB3 because they might just absolutely dominate him in the backfield uh, but I believe they might be without Shaq Barrett, which is a hit to their defense. So, you know, who knows? Maybe I'm thinking about this too too much. And Michael Carter is like a, a pretty solid RB2 here. Giants versus Eagles. I don't want to talk about anything with the Giants. Um, 
Quarterback situation is disgusting. I don't know what's going on with Daniel Jones. For all I know, he's fucking paralyzed right now. Saquon Barkley, 15 for 32 on the ground. He's not even like a workhorse anymore. He's borderline unplayable, which is fucking insanity right now. Borderline unplayable. They're playing against, uh, is it Washington? No, they're playing against, they're at Chicago. So Chicago's defense isn't really anything to be shy uh, for, but like Saquon's just done absolutely nothing. So he's he's like a desperate flex play at this point, and that's so crazy to say. Uh, the only other takeaway I'd have from this game is Kadaris Tony first game back since week 11. In week 11, he had 12 targets. In this game, he had nine targets. So, again, he led the team in targets, tied the team lead in receptions, led the team in receiving yards. So, like, I'm not excited about it. But if Daniel Jones is back, if this if this man is bike for week 17, Kadaris Tony is a clear one here. I think he's got some sneaky upside as, like, a flex play. So, you know, if he's available on the wire – I think about picking him bike up on the flip side of things. Jalen hurts eh, 200 yards through the air, two touchdowns didn't do anything through the ground, which was surprising. Miles Sanders. Uh, the biggest takeaway here is he got hurt. He fractured his hand and they actually did not rule him out for next week, despite breaking his hand. So with Miles Sanders, we have to wait for an MRI. I'm going to assume he's going to miss next week, which is unfortunate because they play Washington. And two weeks ago, he ripped off, I think it was 135 or 131 rushing yards on like 18 carries against Washington. So it was going to be a really good matchup for him. We just started seeing him getting like heating up. He's, he's been so efficient over the last few weeks. He gets hurt. Jordan Howard becomes the guy in the backfield. Then he suffers a stinger in the fourth quarter, which opens the door for Boston Scott to get in some late round, some late game run. Now, Jordan Howard, Stinger, you want to say it's not serious. He also suffered what they called a Stinger. Uh, it was either last year or two years ago, and he ended up missing six games. So this is something to keep an eye on. If Jordan Howard is going next week. He's the guy I prefer in the backfield. If he doesn't go, Boston Scott clearly becomes the lead back here, and he's going to be like a, a solid RB2 for you. Um, so Howard and Boston Scott both need to be picked up on the waiver wire this week. I would probably prioritize Howard. He left in the fourth quarter, did not return, was unable to return. So kind of anyone's guess as to what happens there. Let me see if we got any updates on the Twitter world about Mr. Jordan Howild. The Bucks lost pass rusher Shaq Barrett for the final two games of the knee injury. Panthers add four active players to their COVID-19 reserve list. Brian Burns, Shaq Thompson, Marquise Haynes. Good Lord, that is their entire fucking defense. Who are the Panthers playing this week? New Orleans. Alvin Kamara. How you darn? Wow. TikTok has overtaken Google as the world's most popular websites. The app is currently banned in India and was launched just five years ago. That's insane. Um Let's see. All right, nothing new here. Nothing fucking cool to talk about. Devontae Smith looked like a beast. Bucks Panthers. Brady was all right. You know, I expected him. I think I ranked him outside of the top 10 this week because Panthers have relatively tough defense, but he's without his top weapons. Antonio Brown, first game bike, 15 targets, 10 catches, 101 yards. I ranked him as a top 10 guy, if not even higher than that. Uh, you keep rolling him out, obviously, regardless of who is in the lineup, honestly. If Evans is back next week, it's Antonio Brown season still. Uh, I actually don't expect Evans to be back, and Godwin's obviously out for the year, torn ACL. So uh, Antonio Brown's going to be a top-10 guy going forward. 
Cyril Grayson, I don't know who the fuck that is, to be honest with you, but he goes three for 81. Rob Gronkowski, a disappointing game, man, two in a row, which is crazy because without all those weapons, you'd think he'd go nuts. Only two targets, one catch, 23 yards. Last week, he only had two catches, but he had 11 targets, so I figured that would kind of work itself out. It didn't. If you have Gronk, you just continue to roll him out, though. The backfield got interesting because without Leonard Fournette, we assume Ronald Jones is going to be the guy. Um, the reason I was hesitant to suggest Ronald Jones this week was because Carolina's run defense, but uh, it kind of proved itself out because Ronald Jones averages 3.3 yards per carry. He did get 20 carries, so 65 yards on the ground, does get in the end zone, catches two of three targets. He is so fucking bad at pass catching. It's like, it's puzzling. How does someone in the NFL be athletic enough to get to the NFL, but, but literally can't catch a ball? I never understood how people had trouble catching things. Like, just, just fucking catch the ball. It's not that hard. Just close your hands when it comes to you. Makes no fucking sense. But Keyshawn Vaughn popped off for a pretty beautiful 55-yard touchdown run. I thought we were going to see him overtake the backfield. Like, you know, Ronald Jones started off slow. Keyshawn Vaughn pops that run, and I'm like, oh, fuck, you know. I was like, Ronald Jones must, you know, I, I said ripped. Uh, what the fuck did I tweet out? Something stupid. I said, Ronald Jones must be a cat. Because RIP for the ninth fucking time. I thought that dude was about to get his job stolen by Keyshawn Vaughn, which would have been like the ending of Ronald Jones's career and deservedly so almost. But he ends up finishing strong enough for fantasy owners. And they play against the uh Jets next week. So you're you know, you're putting Ronald Jones in your lineup as an RB one for sure. Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, you know, business as usual. The Panthers are just a fucking mess. You literally can't start a single player on their team. Maybe DJ Moore. I think you could play DJ Moore against the Saints next week. Probably get shadowed by Lattimore, but, like, I don't know, dude. He's like a, he's, he's a PPR wide receiver three, and there's nobody else on this team that I want any part of. Chargers, Texans. Let's see. I don't, I don't even know what to say here. I literally don't know what to do here. The Texans beat the Chargers 41 to 29. Um, Justin Herbert, 336 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. Eckler out for this one. The obvious pickup and add was Justin Jackson, who goes fucking nuts. 11 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns, eight catches, 98 yards. So he goes for over 160 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. I believe, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming those numbers will make him finish the RB1 for the week. So shout out to anyone who started Justin Jackson, one of the dudes that I told to start. He still didn't even top T. Higgins, did he? No, love to see that. Um, I expect Eckler to be back next week. So I'm not, you know, talking about the backfield here. Wide receivers, though. Okay. So Mike Williams is unvaccinated, and I believe he's already ruled out for week 17 because of the time frame of his positive test. Now, this becomes interesting because, well, Jalen Guyton's on the COVID list as well. Don't know if he's vaccinated or not, so he might not be back next week either. Josh Palmer, who is their rookie third-round pick this year, he played the most snaps of any Chargers wide receiver in this game. He played 60 snaps, more than Keenan Allen. Six targets, five catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. It's two weeks in a row that he was usable for fantasy, and I think he's one of the top wide receiver targets for the waiver wire this week. Uh, the Chargers play against the, I believe it's the Broncos, if I'm not mistaken, the Broncos at home. So tough matchup, but not like, you know, when you need to shy away from necessarily. And uh, and I really like Josh Palmer as a wide receiver you could use if you were, you know, an Evans, uh, DeAndre Hopkins or Chris Godwin, one of those kind of owners. So Josh Palmer, 
rookie wide receiver, Chargers, keep an eye on. Houston Texans, Davis Mills puts together a good game. And I, I we find ourselves saying that more and more often as the year goes on, man. Maybe this, maybe this dude is just a player. Maybe he's just a fucking player. Not every uh quarterback was a quarterback that came in as a high prospect. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Tom, like all these uh, half the fucking quarterbacks in the NFL right now are not like first round top 10 picks. Man, and these were these are these guys, this is where they come from. They're not good, they're not solid franchise quarterbacks until they fucking are until they are davis mills continues to show up with a depleted weapons group and and get it done man so shout out to him he'll get another chance next year um brandon cooks is out so nothing predictive to take away from here if i'm a brevin jordan owner in dynasty i'm pretty excited about this i started working on a video for the offseason I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing at least one dynasty piece of video content a week throughout the offseason and i was looking at um I started working on two pieces, actually. One was 10 players you should be targeting in Dynasty based on uh, expiring contracts. So expiring contracts of these guys as teammates. And then another one is five sophomores I will be targeting in trades this offseason despite horrible rookie years. And it's unfortunate because I wrote I wrote this article prior to this weekend's games and Brevin Jordan was on the list and now he's probably a little bit more high priority and people kind of know what he's about now. But he was a guy who got a lot of buzz out of Miami people thought he was going to be like a big time a- athlete uh, ended up testing really poorly but has been pretty good man given the small opportunity that he's seen in his rookie year so I like Brevin Jordan a lot Brandon Cooks out for this one uh, Rex Burke had the biggest takeaway here 22 carries 149 yards two fucking touchdowns two targets catch both of them for no yards but he dominated the backfield uh, Roy Freeman got 12 carries here's what I'll say about Rex Burkhead though like we know what Rex Burkett is, right? Like he's given us the same. Um, let's bring up his game logs. He played on sixty-two percent of the snaps on Sunday, which was the exact, which was a fewer, which was a lower snap rate than he played in Week Fifteen. So he actually played on a fewer, a lower snap rate in Week Sixteen than he did in Week Fifteen. Okay, and uh, more often than not, like here's you see the fantasy numbers here. Yes, he had twenty-seven point nine points in this one, but look at the six fucking weeks prior to that. 5.2, If he's playing the same snaps, what's more predictive? The one fucking game he blew out production-wise or the six games prior to that where he's playing the same amount but way worse? Uh, Houston plays against the San Francisco 49ers on the road. Okay, that is a really tough matchup. There's no way I'm buying into the Rex Burkhead hype as anything more than like a desperate flex play here. Bears, Seahawks. Uh, this is fucking pathetic. The Nick Foles-led Bears beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. They are knocked out of playoffs. I believe that's just the second time in Russell Wilson's 10-year career that that's happened. Uh, Montgomery continues to see an insane amount of volume. 21 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Nine targets, seven catches, 61 yards. Uh, so you just continue to fire him as RB1. Um, honestly, no other real takeaways here. Allen Robinson has been out, so if he's back, kind of muddies the water for Mooney and Komet, not in terms of production, but in terms of volume at least. Uh, Mooney otherwise is like a low-end wide receiver three. Komet is kind of interesting, four for 49. He's been consistent throughout the year. He's actually ranks like top 10, I believe, in a few categories when you talk about tight ends. I was looking at some numbers this morning. He ranks – where does he rank in – okay, so number 10 in terms of targets for tight ends, 83. 
uh, number 11 in receptions, 539 receiving yards is 14th, but he's been like relatively active. He's someone that I'm probably going to be targeting quite often in, in, uh, in drafts next year as like a late round tight end option. He's a good player. Um, and you could probably pick him up on your waiver wire if you're desperate at tight end. On the flip side of things, Rashad Penny, man, he balled. He's balling. I need to get some water. Be all right, Mike. Drop a thumbs up while I'm gone. Whoo. Rashad Penny, man. Uh, so he's had two career games over the last three weeks. 17 for 135 and a touchdown on the ground. And guess what he is rewarded with next week? The Detroit Lions at home. I don't know how high I'm going to rank him, but I don't, whatever the, the number off the top of my head is probably not high enough. He's looked good. He's ripping off chunk plays. He's getting all the volume in the backfield, man. Um, so Rashad Penny is, is you know, he's doing what they drafted him for. Great. Pretty good draft pick, if you ask me. Um, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be a top 15 play for sure next week against the Detroit Lions at home. We're put together two good back to back games. He is someone that you could play in fantasy uh, for real. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are what they've been all year. And it's really, really inconsistent, really tough to trust. And if you're in like a 10-team league or you have better options at wide receiver, like I don't blame you sitting either of them. You just have no fucking idea what you're going to get from either of them. Metcalf did catch the 41-yard touchdown, but he caught one of his other four targets and it didn't result in a single yard outside of that one bomb. It was a beautiful bomb. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. DK and Russell. Bite. Didn't happen. Gross. Tyler Lockett, three for 30. Uh, that's it. DJ Dallas is actually one of those guys listed on that uh, free agent acquisition list for Dynasty. Um, Penny's a free agent. Every running back is a free agent for Seattle, except for Chris Carson. And I don't think they trust him at this point. And clearly, DJ Dallas is a, uh, is a, is a preferred pass catching option here. You know, he is like the pass catcher out of the backfield. Four targets in this one. He was a wide receiver basically at the university, coming out of high school at the University of Miami, then ended up switching positions to running back. So they trust him out of the backfield as a receiver. Pittsburgh versus Kansas City. Oh, my God, Big Ben. You are you are something fucking awful. Um, so Big Ben had one of the worst games, like, ever for Big Ben, which is saying a lot considering how this year has gone. Uh, Najee Harris, though, continues to get the volume. They lose 36-10 to 10 to the Kansas City Chiefs. 19 carries, 93 yards for Najee Harris. Uh, he also catches five of seven targets for 17 yards. So pretty good game if you're in a PPR league. Otherwise, kind of disappointing because he, again, does not get into the end zone. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the Pittsburgh moves in this offseason to know where to uh, rank Najee because at times he's been so good. The volume's always been good, but, like, the efficiency has been terrible because the O-line's bad. Big Ben can't keep drives alive. Like, it's it's ugly out there, man. Um, so depending on what they do to their O-line, depending on what happens at quarterback for them next year, Najee could realistically be anywhere from, like, a top five pick to a top 15 pick. So that'll be uh, a, fun, a fun narrative to follow this offseason. Deontay Johnson, six for 51 and one. 
man, him and fucking Terry McLaurin really deserve better. I would, I would, I might straight up just make a Madden franchise after this video, just, just to show Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin that I care about them. Them two, just oh my god, I love both of them so much. They're so fun to watch. They're such good route runners. And uh, I mean, listen, Deontay Johnson, I understand he has some drops that like high school wide receivers wouldn't even make, but he also makes some plays that only three NFL fucking wide receivers can make. So Deontay Johnson, you continue to start him as a top 15 play at wide receiver. Uh, no one else on the team can you start, in my opinion. Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes bounced bike, 258 and three touchdowns. Uh, Byron Pringle leads the way, six for 75, two touchdowns. Harry Kill, absolute dud of a game, two for 19. Not really sure what happened, but it was ugly. Uh, not really anything predicted to take away here from the wide receiver side of things. Travis Kelsey was out. I expect him to be bike for next week. Um, so you're obviously starting him and Tyree Kill. I wouldn't start any of the other guys here. Now, running back, Clyde Edwards Hilaire hurt his collarbone. The x-rays came back negative, so he did not break his collarbone. I I want to say I, I didn't really see any updates on it, but I would assume he's going to be out next week uh, for the finale. Play against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a good run defense. They're middle of the pack on the year. Fantasy points allowed to running backs like 16, so dead in the middle. But last five weeks of the season, they've been the third toughest schedule for fantasy running backs. However, Darrell Williams has been super fucking good when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been out. You'll see the box score, 11 for 55, Darrell Williams on the ground, Derek Gore, 12 for 43. Derek Gore also catches three of his three targets for 61 yards. Darrell Williams catches three of his three targets for 30 yards. Derek Gore has looked really good when he's given the chance. Derek Gore also only plays when they're up by like 27 points. So I am uh, definitely announcing Darrell Williams as the number one waiver wire pickup this week. The Chiefs running back is in a beautiful spot. And when we look at the numbers of what Darrell Williams has done this week as the uh, Darrell Williams in five games without CEH this year, 18 PPR points per game, 19.6 opportunities per game, 94 yards from scrimmage per game, and 0.6 touchdowns per game. Really good numbers with Clyde over Chalair out. All right. Um <laughs> So, what was I going to say? Yeah, so Clyde's probably going to be out. Darrell Williams is obviously a pickup. Derek Gore, like, I'm not, I'm not, he won't be suggested to start by, out of my mouth next week. He'll, maybe he'll be like a top 35 or 40 running back, but, you know, if they don't get up big, and it's, I, I think it's going to be a good game. They're at Cincinnati. I don't think the spread should be, maybe it's like, uh, pretty hot. If I had to guess the spread, I would say Chiefs by four, maybe five. Let's check it out. Pretty good at guessing spreads without knowing them, without seeing them. Let's say Chiefs by four and a half. Let's fucking go. Chiefs by four and a half. Got it down to the motherfucking hook. Go. Yo, this game right here, the Giants-Bears. In Chicago, 21-degree weather might actually be like a candidate for the worst game of all time. Like literally the worst game of, of all time. And Snacks will be watching every second of it. That's so – what a pathetic life. Um, I'm sorry, Snacks. You know I love you. Yeah, so four-and-a-half line uh, should be close enough game where no one's game scripted out. 
Darrell Williams, love it. I mean, except for Derek Orr, of course. Broncos versus Raiders, another awful game. Drew Locke gets the full start, 15 for 22, 153 yards, zero touchdowns anywhere. Javante Williams, seven carries, 12 yards, and a touchdown. Melvin Gordon, seven carries, negative four yards, way worse than Craig Reynolds. Uh, just a terrible fucking game. Like, you couldn't have started anybody in any facet of any part of Denver. Uh, now, Denver plays against who they get next week. The Chargers. We just saw the Chargers get absolutely shit housed by the Texans. So it's like I'd like to say that gives you some hope. And uh, the Chargers' run defense is pretty shit, uh, as as seen by Rex Burkhead. Uh, they did just play the Chargers a few weeks ago. Let me see what the how these running backs did against the Chargers a few weeks ago. They played them in Week Twelve. Javante Williams went fourteen for fifty four and a touchdown on the ground. He also caught three t- three. Of his four targets for 57 yards. Let's see what Melvin Gordon did. Melvin Gordon went 17 for 83. Caught one pass for five yards. So, decent game. I mean, they combined for about 200 yards from scrimmage total. So, big game for the running backs. I expect something the same. There's no way they want to rely on Drew Locke to pass the ball. So, um, as long as they can keep the ball in their hands, which was a tough thing for them this game because uh, Raiders just dominated the game script. Josh Jacobs, 27 carries, 129 yards. Didn't get in the end zone. Uh, three targets, which resulted in one catch for negative five yards. So bigger games coming in the passing game for him. But I mean, 28 car- twenty-eight opportunities, actually 30 opportunities, 28 touches for Josh Jacobs. He's he's a solidified rock solid RB1 right now, given the opportunity. Derek Carr has been straight fucking cheeks since Darren Waller has gone down. I saw a stat today somewhere that was like in games where Darren Waller played, he's averaging like 320 passing yards in games without Darren Waller. He's averaging like 240 passing yards. So it was it was ugly. Um, I don't think you can really trust anybody outside of Hunter Renfro, who is really, really cooled off. But I'll go back to Hunter Renfro every single week. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. You could tell me he's going to score seven fantasy points. I still want him in my lineup next week. They play against the Indianapolis Colts. Tough matchup. Will be a really tough matchup for Josh Jacobs. Um, So, I mean, maybe he's not a top 10 guy next week, but I'd, I'd keep him in the top 15 conversation, and you're starting Hunter Renfro, but nobody else on this team. And the final game of the week, Sunday night football was more like Sunday night soccer for the Washington football, for the Washington soccer team. Taylor Heineke continues to expose himself as a really bad NFL quarterback, as I've been saying all year. Seven for 22, two touchdowns. This Dallas defense is just so, so fucking good. Michael Parsons with another sack on the day. Um, Just touchdowns and sacks and interceptions and forced fumbles and just – Everything from this Dallas defense, man, just just craziness. Antonio Gibson got in the end zone through a reception, but only 54 total yards on the day or 58 total yards on the day. Eight touches. Um, Jared Patterson actually outtouched him. But again, this is all game script, so it was kind of impossible to know what to expect uh, or nothing predictive from this game, at least. Washington plays against Philly next week, and that's a tough pass defense. So at this point, I don't think you could really start Terry McLaurin anymore because he's shown no signs of consistency. I think you can go back to Antonio Gibson as like a a top 15-ish guy because he's going to get the volume in normal game scripts despite dealing with the toe injury again. So I think there's probably a little bit more risk for him to re-injure that. But, you know, top 15, top 20 guy. He's an RB2 uh, going forward. He's been super involved in the passing game, which is good to see. Dallas, Dak Prescott, 330-4. and Uh, Ezekiel Elliott gets in twice, one via the air, one via the ground. Didn't get a ton of touches, but they really just needed to spread the ball around. Didn't need to do much from, they didn't need much from anybody in this game. Um, Zeke, nine for 37 and a touchdown. Tony Pollard, eight for 34. Tony Pollard, two catches, 16 yards. 
Uh, no big takeaways here. It was good to see Amari Cooper bike. Good to see Dallin Schultz bike. CeeDee Lamb disappointed, four for 66. Um, so you start Cooper next week. You start Schultz next week. You start Lamb next week. You start Zeke next week against the Arizona Cardinals, who are falling apart at the seams. They're actually a good defense. They're a pretty good defense, the Cardinals. But uh, I think you start everybody anyways. Dak, Zeke. You could start Pollard as a flex. All that kind of shit. All right. That is all I got for you today. How are we doing, everybody? How's life, liberty, and the pursuit of crappiness? Can I get 105 points with Kamara? Opponent had... You think you're going to get 105 points from Kamara? I can't believe you paid money to ask me this. The answer is obviously yes, you're getting 105 from Kamara. How are we doing, everybody? Uh, make sure you hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed the video. Uh, we'll probably do a week 17 recap a week from today. Probably won't do a week 17 recap because it's like who plays in week 18. Does anyone, does anyone in here play week 18 playoffs? Happy holidays, people. Um, also, don't forget to hammer Alvin Kamara over 23 and a half receiving yards on underdog. Link in the description. I love you. And I'm the freak out of here. Oh, we have an unfortunately. And we have a yup. All right. So I guess we will go bike to, uh, we'll do a full recap of week 17. Week 17, yes. Uh, for week 18's fantasy league. Two-week championship. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, y'all. Well, good luck this week. I'll be bike tomorrow, bright and early as always. Waiver wire video, 5 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, the waiver wire ranking chart is up on the site right now, bdge.store. That's fact I did, I think. Against everything I believe in, I did. I love y'all. I'm out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. 
it. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.